are you? A friend. Hey, welcome back Screen Crush, I'm Ryan Airy, and we just got a big teaser for Superman Legacy, now renamed just Superman. So we're gonna break down this tease, the new cast, Lex Luthor, Kingdom Come Connections, and what all this information is gonna be telling us about the new Batman movie, The Brave and the Bold. A little later, I'm gonna be joined by Screen Crush's Colton Ogburn and special guest Cameron Kasky. And Cameron has a theory about this new teaser that is so perfect, you are gonna wanna hear it. First, let me break down everything we know so far. As a lot of you know, Guardians of the Galaxy writer and director James Gunn and his producing partner partner Peter Safran are rebooting the DC film franchise, rebranding it as the DCU. So no more Batfleck? No more Ezra? No more Henry Cavill? Nope. In fact, the rumor is Henry Cavill is now in the MCU, and we got a video up about that right now. Gunn and Safran are restarting this universe, and they have announced the first 10 projects in the theme of Chapter 1, called Gods and Monsters. It's like how Marvel does phases, but like DC's just calling them chapters. Now, I'm not going to run through every single project because we already did that in this video, but they all in some way deal with either a godlike hero or a monster or monstrous person. One example is how Batman the Brave and the Bold movie is going to deal with a slightly older Bruce Wayne who has to train his murderous former assassin son Damien to be the new Robin. But I'll explain how the new Batman movie ties into this teaser toward the end of the video. And I want to remind you guys that in our merch store right now, we have this awesome Deadpool savior of the MCU shirt and the Deadpool Burt and Ernie, can you show me how to get to the MCU shirt? And lots of other parody merch that we design ourselves just for you to help support our channel. You can find that link below. So here's what we know about this movie. It's been renamed Superman, and this is actually the first Superman movie with just that single name title because the 1978 film is technically called Superman the movie. Now there are a lot of hints that they are taking Superman back to his roots with this film. For one, Lois Lane actor Rachel Brosnahan, marvelous Mrs. Maisel herself, released this TikTok from the first day on set. And that is, of course, the original Superman theme. Now, Gunn hasn't said for sure, but I'm really hoping that they reuse John Williams' original Superman theme, the greatest superhero theme of all time. It would be a huge indication of the tone of this movie, that it's going to be very far from the grounded, realistic, grimdark tone of Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Now, with her there is David Corden Sweat, who plays Superman, and that is Nicholas Holt, formerly the Beast, as Lex Luthor. Notice that he is already bald for the role. He's not going to start off with hair like Jesse Eisenberg did, in the DCEU. And the casting is where we get more connections to the 1978 film. Terrence Rosemore is playing Otis, the Luther henchman played by Ned Beatty in the original movie. And Sarah Sampaio is playing Eve Taskmacher, another one of Luther's henchmen who turns on him and steals an unconsensual kiss from Superman. So just having these two hench people instead of, say, Mercy Graves, hints that we could be getting a Luther who would be more of a crime boss and maybe not the billionaire Luther that we've seen since the 80s. I really hope it's the billionaire Luther because that's my favorite version of the character, but I digress. The other cast members to note here are Skylar Gisondo as Jimmy Olsen, as well as several superheroes. They have cast Hawkgirl, Metamorpho, Guy Gardner, Mr. Terrific, and The Engineer, a character from The Authority. Now, what I think is significant here is that Metamorpho and The Engineer could fall into that monster category. They're both humans who do not look human. While you could say that the other three heroes fall into the gods category of this chapter. Hawkgirl is an alien, Guy Gardner is a Green Lantern who's super powerful and a bit of an ass, and Mr. Terrific is essentially an Olympic level athlete. Now, I would imagine this movie picks up very early in Superman's career when all these heroes are already active and maybe on some kind of super team. Yeah, well that makes sense. I'm going to talk to Cameron in just a little bit about what that casting means and what possible superhero teams these heroes could be a part of. But then we got this new team 
teaser for the first day of filming. This is the new super suit and of course the new S shield. Now you'll notice of course the snow which seems to imply that Superman will once again have his Fortress of Solitude. Another echo of the original Superman film series. But also that is the S shield from the comic book Kingdom Come. And this explains a lot about what this movie is going to be doing. Wait, what's Kingdom Come? It is one of my all-time favorite comic book stories. It takes place in a future where Superman has retired because he feels out of touch with this new generation of careless, violent superheroes. These new edgy heroes, which are meant to be a dark mirror of the 90s edgy heroes, allow Lois Lane to die. So the story is about Superman having to rejoin other classic heroes, like an elderly Batman, to stop Luther and rein in this younger generation of heroes. But there's an important difference to note here. That older Superman's shield was red and black, where here we see the same S design, but it's red and yellow, which could be hinting at some kind of evolution for this character. Like maybe at some point we're going to end up at Kingdom Come. Now, Brandon Routh of Superman Returns did return to the role of Superman for the CW's crossover event where he played a version of Superman that also wore this logo. But that was an older Superman. David Cornetsweat is a younger Superman. James Gunn specifically recast Henry Cavill to get a younger actor. So Cameron Caskey, why do you think the young Superman has this Kingdom Come shield? I think there's a chance we're getting a reverse Kingdom Come because we're coming out of this dark, gritty world of DC heroes and James Gunn's trying to send a signal that it's cool to have a Superman who's just kind of a nice guy. And in Kingdom Come, of course, Alex Ross was tired of the gritty cable style superheroes of the 90s. And he was saying, okay, Superman being just a nice guy who likes being a nice guy, that actually works. And that's something that comic books need. So I think that this Kingdom Come symbol, other than just, you know, renewing the iconography and saying, we can do a different thing here that looks really cool and modern mm -hmm. while also drawing back to the classics, could be a sign that with this movie, James Gunn is saying, okay, we've got characters like The Authority, we've got these dark and gritty heroes, Superman's coming in to bring a new era. My question though, I talked about this a second ago, and the way that they're kind of revisiting some Superman 78 things, Otis, Miss Taskmaker, you know, normally you would expect for Mercy Graves to be like Luther's henchman, but now like, we've got a traditional Luther, Nicholas Holtz Bald, which we saw in, the, in Rachel Brosnahan's TikTok, do you think we're going to go to like greatest criminal mastermind on earth, Lex Luthor, with like the John Williams theme? Are we just going to, is he going to try to revisit it that much? Where do you think we're going to land with this, Cam? I think Luthor is going to be a very, very evil psychopath. I think that James Gunn is not afraid to make uh, villains who are irredeemable. I think we saw that with the High Evolutionary and Guardians 3. And I think he wants to make a very stark contrast to this Superman. So, you know, we might get that kind of sense of humor that you get in every James Gunn project. We might actually get a uh, screaming Luthor who's constantly pissed at Otis, but I do think we are going to get a proper psychopath out of this guy. I think with this very strong emphasis on how wholesome and sweet this Superman's gonna be, the only appropriate way to match that is uh, Luthor who's as ruthless as Superman is kind. But do you think he's going to be a billionaire? Because that's one change that John Byrne brought to the Luther character, Luthor, to the Luthor character in the 80s was um, making him say, no, no, if this guy was this smart, he wouldn't just be like hiding out in caves and pouring like lab, lab chemicals into a chemistry set. He'd be a billionaire. And I love that change because it also gives Superman an opponent he can't fight with his fists. Do you, do you think they're going to toss that away? I hope not. I think that the modern Lex Luthor is the billionaire. So I think James Gunn, while writing a story that is Superman for our times, 
is aware that the public sentiment in our world right now is that the billionaires that we see fly into outer space are the Lex Luthors. So I am very much of, I, I think that mad scientist Luthor has been retired for a while now. I don't even remember the last time I saw it other than sort of the guy in my adventures with Superman. Which is a great sure. cartoon. If you great haven't cartoon. Seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, and it seems as though tonally it's very similar to this new Superman, and it's also that Kingdom Come symbol. So I think we're getting a Lex who is going to be a brutal monster. I think Otis might be nice, though. I think we might get a. Friendly oh, he has to be. I mean, yeah, the guy he cast is a veteran of the Guardians films, and I think he just kind of exudes this kind of like niceness and loveliness. Colton, James Gunn's also, just as he was writing the script, said, you know, he called Superman a, a big lovable galoot who can do anything, but he just wants to help, things like that. Do you, do you think Cameron's right about this Reverse Kingdom come? Are there any other comics that you know of that, like, the, the, the Gunn has mentioned or that you think this movie should really be taking direction from? Well, I, I think we're spot on with the Kingdom Come thing. You know, in the comics, that was like an alternate Earth Superman, so I'm wondering if James Gunn kind of went with that logo is kind of a wink and nod to the fans like hey this is different this isn't henry cavill superman this is a different thing and oh with that's that, smart yeah 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 i like that and you know with the picture he released you know i i want to focus on the snow in the picture simple explanation is it's just superman is probably like near his fortress of solitude but mm -hmm. if we're going to overanalyze it which is what we do here i'm oh, wondering wonderful. yeah if this could be a hint at them adapting uh, Superman for all seasons. That's a comic run oh, by great Jeff. Comic book. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's by Jeff Loeb, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, we get these four different Superman stories um, through the four seasons. And I think that that could be a great way to show us this Superman's origin without actually doing another origin movie. I think Gunn has been pretty adamant that he doesn't want to do an origin movie, and I'm glad about that. Um, I think for spring, you show us Clark as like a young adult in Kansas grappling with his powers and then leaving to work in the city. Uh, summer, you introduce like characters like Lois and Lex Luthor. Maybe Lex mm -hmm. and Clark will be friends at first or something like that. Um, you know, like kind of a Smallville vibe. And you play into Clark's uh, and Superman's life, like just show us their, you know, day to day life. And then fall, you shift to like this early days of Superman's career. He's been doing the superhero thing for a while, um, or maybe just a few months. You know, I know he's not too old. Um, Metropolis at the time views him as like the symbol of hope. But then as you get into the winter months, uh, I think you need to show how timeless the character of Superman is and like the moral mission that was instilled in him by not only Pa Kent, but by Jor-El as well. And I think you start to show how Superman... He feels out of place and how the world is maybe starting to like sour on Superman as this godlike being. And at the same time, he might be starting to kind of, yeah, and you kind of, he, maybe he's starting to sour on them as well. And, and that would kind of mirror Kingdom Come. And that comic, I believe, like we see Superman, he, he feels very disconnected from humanity. Uh, if I'm remembering right, he's retired. So, while we won't be seeing a retired Superman in this movie, we could still see a Superman who feels disconnected. You know, after all, he is like this small town boy from Kansas now living in a big city. So, and, and going off a quote, I think it was Peter Safran actually that said this. They released a quote a while ago saying how Superman is kindness in a world where kindness is old fashioned. So we could see this version of Superman trying to grapple with fitting in 
while simultaneously being true to himself. And I, I think that's where most of the movie would take place is in that winter season, that fourth chapter. And it would be us getting to see Superman become the hero we know him to be and maybe even try to change the world and like give it, you know, this like hope of a better tomorrow because th that's what Superman is supposed to represent. So that's what I'm hoping for in the movie. Also, Kingdom Come ends with Superman planting crops in the spring. So you might be onto something there. I, I will say though, I'm really hoping that we get to see at some point actual Kingdom Come. I, and you can't do Kingdom Come with these characters because as I'm going to talk about later on, I think we're going to have a Batman who's not quite old and brave and the bold. I think he's going to be a younger guy. And I actually think what I'm going to say about Batman ties in perfectly with everything you guys are saying. So I can't wait to tell you guys about that in a little bit. But also, I want, you know, Batman has to be an old man in Kingdom Come. That's part of the point. His body's damaged. All the heroes have to be past their prime. I hope that happens. I hope that actually their grand arc of chapter one, two, and three doesn't end with Dark Side because everybody's like, he's Thanos, you know? He's proto-Thanos. Um, I hope that it ends with something that's got a statement to make about the state of comic book movies or the state of superheroes. And that's what Kingdom Come is. Like Cam said, it's essentially a mission statement. So one thing you brought up, uh, Colton, about Superman going through these seasons, which is a great idea. At a certain point, he's incorporated into the hero world. We do have these other kind of random heroes that I'm excited to see. There's some great actors here. Camp, who, are we going to see the Justice League in this? Like, why the hell are Metamorpho, Mr. Terrific, you're a huge DC guy. Tell me what we, what we can expect out of this. Well, I think one thing we can expect is James Gunn to post about it. That's something we've learned about <laughs> the universe is James Gunn is going to be posting about it on Twitter. And the Oh, not on Twitter, my friend. He's a blue oh, sky excuse man. Excuse me. Blue sky and IG and threads. No, he he's firmly walked away. Good for him. Uh, yeah. I think that the Justice League run he references the most is Justice League International, which is one of the greatest Justice League runs of all time. I know you love JLA by Morrison. But he's always posting about Justice League International, and we've got a real mixture of heroes here. We've got Guy Gardner, who really became famous in Justice League International when Batman mm -hmm. punched him in the face. We've got Mr. One Terrific. Of the, one of the all-time greatest comic book moments ever. He, he and Batman are set up. They're going to square go, and Gardner's like, I'll, be, I'll turn off my ring. And Batman just punches him one time in the face, and Gardner's unconscious for the entire issue while the heroes go off on an adventure. Which peak, I uh, peak uh, comics in the 80s. Late 80s, man. Those guys hit their stride. And knowing James Gunn and knowing his personal relationship with Nathan Fillion, I'm mm -hmm. near 100% sure he's setting us up for that moment. But, mm -hmm. you know, the interesting thing, and I don't think this is what they're going to be doing, but like Colton said, this is what YouTube speculation is for, is that in 2018, there was a, or 2016 maybe, there was a DC team called the Terrifics, and it was a Fantastic Four-style team with Mr. Terrific serving as the Reed Richards, Phantom Lady serving as the Sue Storm, and then uh, Plastic Man and Metamorpho. So the inclusion of Mr. Terrific and Metamorpho makes me think that what we're getting here is sort of a proto-Justice League Terrifics mixture. I think that it's really great that we're getting these heroes we haven't particularly seen before. But I think the real tell in terms of teams is the fact that the engineer is in this. Because we've got all these iconic Superman characters. We've got these characters from Superman 78. We've got Superman himself. I personally think that the real protagonist is going to be Lois, but that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but we've got the engineer from The Authority, who's not an iconic or famous character, which just further solidifies this Kingdom Come story to me, where you've got these brutal Authority-style heroes who, like the Avengers, will kill people, 
and mm-hmm. Superman's purpose in this story is is it's true. The Avengers the do kill heroes. people. You nailed it. You got them on that. They they do go a murdering. These, they, these, they these like Avengers in the MCU. Um, yeah. So I think you know we're gonna get <laughs> Superman leading these new heroes and serving as a sort of sign to Metamorpho and Mister Terrific and Hawk Girl and these other characters that you know there are brighter days ahead and that the kind of dog days are over not to reference another james gunn project no but james gunn does have this theme in all of his movies like he loves to make movies about outcasts about people who are depressed and downtrodden and if he is going to map out this this however many chapters they're going to do i could definitely see it following the arc that we've seen in so many of his films which is broken people um such as metamorpho people who don't fit into society Somebody like Superman comes in, like Peter Quill did, who's a little broken. He's a survivor of a Holocaust, but but ultimately just wants to do good and has a good heart, kind of showing this world the way. Uh, and I love that. I love that. Look, as much as we talk about Marvel planning everything, and they do plan things out way more than franchises like Dark Universe, but Marvel also is really good at riffing. You know, the, they put Thanos in the post credit scene of the Avengers because Joss Whedon said, oh, we got to throw Thanos in there. They didn't have the Infinity Saga mapped out. The Mind Stone was clearly not always going to be Loki's scepter. You know, that was an obvious retcon. I love the idea, like I talked about a second ago, that they're actually setting up a theme for this. And I don't know if it can actually work. You know, like when you tell different filmmakers and showrunners, hey, follow this theme. I don't know, maybe creatively people are looking forward to that. Maybe they'll find it stifling. Colton, do you think that James Gunn is going to be putting a stranglehold on creators with this kind of overarching theme? Well, we have to remember, James Gunn learned from the best. I mean, he worked under Kevin Feige. And I mean, say what you want to say about Marvel right now. Kevin Feige, what he did with the Infinity Saga was absolutely brilliant. And I think the only problem the MCU is having right now is that Kevin Feige is spread too thin. So I'm hoping that James Gunn is able to take what he learned working under Kevin Feige and give a good balance. I mean, you have to have some studio interference when you're creating a cinematic universe. So, I mean, studio interference is not necessarily a bad thing. You've got to have somebody that can tie all the stories together. And I I think James Gunn, both creatively and just his demeanor, you know, he seems like a nice guy. I, I think that he has what it takes to work with creators. He's not just a producer. He's also a filmmaker. So I think that'll help. And going back to the cast, if anybody can make obscure characters work, it's certainly James Gunn. Like what he did with Guardians, what he did with uh, the Suicide Squad, uh, Polka Dot Man. I, I trust him to be able to do that. So, yeah, I, I'm excited for James Gunn uh, taking over. I, I think it's going <laughs> to, fingers crossed, it goes well. <laughs> It's also worth noting in terms of the Infinity Saga that James Gunn is quoted saying that he thought of the lore of the Infinity Stones in like 45 minutes. I wrote that scene in about an hour and a half. Just like came up with what the Infinity Stones were. So ideally, he took a lot of time during the extensive strikes that just happened to make an even deeper plan than the 45-minute Infinity Stone but, um, it, you know, well, if he, if, he technically as a writer was on strike during that time. So I doubt if he did. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Cause he's, a, <laughs> he, he was producing the universe too. I don't want to think about it too yeah. hard. Point is mm-hmm. we got a, we, we got a relatively fair deal. 
So, Cam, what I thought you were saying a second ago about him taking inspiration from Justice League International, I think makes total sense because he said that when he did The Suicide Squad, he wanted to think of it like a sequel to the to the John Ostrander books from the 80s. So he's very much in that period, in that lore. It's probably when he just was coming of age and when he was super into comic books. So, Cameron, one thing I want to ask you about is... Um, you have a, I don't know how much of this you can talk about. You have a personal experience with this movie. Are you able to talk to us about that? I'm, oh yeah. So I, I have a failed Jimmy Olsen audition, which I'm glad I didn't get because Skylar Gisondo is one of the best actors in my entire generation. Um, and because of that, I can't particularly talk about it in depth. Although I will say, I do think this is going to be a very good movie. You got to what? Second round? Third round? I did not make it very far. I mean, I don't look like the character. I didn't sell it. You got to be really talented to work. You're not a good actor. There's also that. No, that's what I'm saying. I did not sell it. I I watched the tape back and I was like, okay, I'll happily accept this if this is how it goes. But I really hope this isn't the standard we have for the new DC universe. So just in the process of going through this and you're saying it's going to be good, do you really think that that we're getting like a sunny, optimistic movie here. I think that if James Gunn has taught us anything, it's that he knows how to match the tone of the material. I mean, you know, if you read Ostrander Suicide Squad and you watch that movie, it is the tone of the material. So I think that, you know, he's made a lot of movies that seem irreverent and goofy because he likes working with those sorts of characters. And I think we'll get, you know, uh, wide selection. I mean, I think I think what he's doing with this movie is showing us what the range of DC Comics and their properties and their heroes are. So you get somebody like Metamorpho played by a car- played by Anthony Kerrigan who's so talented but particularly very funny, and then you get somebody like the Engineer who's part of the dark and dismal authority, and I think that this movie is going to show us how far in either direction we can go because obviously there's not going to be a sunny disposition to the entire DCU. I mean, there's going to be a Swamp Thing there, movie. You can't make There a definitely shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, that, and really, when you look back at the DCEU, I think that's where the problem was. It was this tonal imbalance. You know, you can't have the light without the dark. You can't have, you know, to pull it from Twin Peaks, you can't have the sweet pie without the bitter coffee. You know what I mean? So the last thing I just want to talk about, and and in just a minute I'm going to talk about how I think all of this connects to Batman the Brave and the Bold, but the main promotional image they have used for this movie hasn't been from Superman for All Seasons or Kingdom Come. It's been from All-Star Superman, an incredible Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly comic about a Superman who knows he's dying and kind of gets to wrap up all of these classic Silver Age elements to his life. I don't think we're going to be seeing dying Superman in this, but what part of All-Star Superman do you think that we're going to get to be see, or do you think we're going to get to see here in this movie? I think the thing we're going to get from All-Star Superman is the tone. I mean, I don't think we're going to kick off the DCU with the story about a dying Superman, but I do think that All-Star Superman is pretty widely regarded by most fans of DC Comics as one of the top three examples of what the character can accomplish emotionally. So I think that the tone is what we're going to be getting from that. And I think that he's right to be drawing from that. And I don't think anybody disagrees. And I think you're 100% right. So guys, now I want to talk about uh, how all of this fits into Batman, the Brave and the Bold, uh, 
Colton Ogburn, find him here on Screen Crush. Cameron Kasky, activist, writer, actor. You can find him all over the place. The socials are listed below. Thanks guys, you can find all their social links below. So now let's take all of that information and Cameron's theory about Kingdom Come and apply it to Batman, The Brave and the Bold. So this is a new film, separate from the Matt Reeves Batman, that is based on the classic Grant Morrison, Batman and Son storyline from the comics. Basically, one of Batman's greatest foes is Ra's al Ghul, the nigh-immortal leader of the League of Shadows Assassin's Guild. His daughter, Talia al Ghul, and Bruce Wayne had a bit of a romance in their younger days, and Talia had a son without Bruce's knowledge. So Talia then raised this boy, Damien, to be in the League of Assassins, so he's like a cute little murder boy. When she can't handle him anymore, she drops him off with Bruce and says, hey, he's out of control, you train him. So Batman then has to raise a new Robin who wants to kill people. Gunn has specifically said he was interested in the role reversal here. Now we're used to seeing a dark brooding Batman and a lighthearted Robin, but instead they've introduced a version of Robin that would force Batman to become the one who jokes and who's more lighthearted. So let's take Cameron's theory about the S-Shield and Kingdom Come and apply it here. If James Gunn is trying to establish a more lighthearted DCU to separate it from the grim dark Snyderverse, then this is the way to do it. I think the Bruce Wayne that we're going to meet is only going to be about 29 years old. Then he and Talia could have hooked up in his late teens and they could have like an 11 year old son. The math works out. And this 29 year old Bruce is going to be on the cusp of becoming an ultraviolet Batman like the one we saw in Batman v Superman. But having a murderous Moppet in the mansion is going to force Bruce to confront that violent part of himself. Just like in a meta way, Gunn is rejecting the violent dark DCEU. And then we can look at the broader theme of gods and monsters. Each of the new projects are about this same thin line. When you have great godlike power, all it takes is one mistake, one slip up to become a monster. This is exactly what happened in the story Kingdom Come. The superhero Magog was careless and too violent and he caused the deaths of hundreds of people. I think this chapter is going to explore this theme, how easy it is for a godlike character like Superman to slip and become a monster. I mean, guys, we have never had a superhero franchise like this before, where projects were meticulously planned to tie into a single theme. James Gunn has never made a bad movie. Man, am I excited for Superman. This is my all-time favorite comic book character, and it seems like they're going to honor the tradition of Superman 78, while also modernizing the character and taking him in new directions. Thanks again to Colton and Cameron for joining me. You can find their social links below. Let me know what you guys think about this. Are you excited about the movie? Are you pissed off they let Henry Cavill go? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below or at me on Twitter. And if it's your first time here, welcome to the channel. Please subscribe and smash that bell for alerts. For Screen Crush, I'm Ryan Airy.